Hi there. Welcome to the podcast. It's great to have you along with me. Um, I want to remind you guys that I am not a gifted orator. I'm not doing this podcast to make money or to get famous. I don't want you to follow me. I want you to follow Jesus Christ. We're all responsible to following Him and doing as He says, not as the people around us say. Now, there is a temptation to say, I like this person or I like that person, so I'll follow them. And what that creates is spiritual apathy within ourselves. We stop struggling within our spirit to know the will of the Lord for our lives and instead set out on a carnal path of just simply doing what the person in front of us tells us to do. And that is spiritual laziness, and we have to avoid that now more than ever. We need to be struggling within ourselves, struggling in our spirit to follow the Lord. And we know that there is forever a pushing back by the enemy who, when we stand up and strive to follow after the Lord, there is going to be resistance. There is going to be pushing back. And the Christian walk is not a very simple, easy path. It is a struggle. But I want to share with you guys a question from a sister named Maya who reached out to me. And I'm going to read the question because I think it's probably on all of our minds. I know it's on my mind, and I really this really rings bells with me, and I'm sure it does with you too. So it goes, hey, I listen to your podcast all the time. I love it. Thanks for being real. Okay, I'm trying to figure out what to do in the event they mandate vaccines. I live in an apartment. I don't have money for property. My idea is to live in the woods, I guess, but not sure if they will come along and try to force me out. Not going to be to a concentration camp, that's for sure. Any advice on what I should be doing to prepare? I have some food and water saved, but like I said, I live in an apartment, my husband and two teenage kids. First of all, thank you, Maya, for asking that question and reaching out. It is an absolutely rock-solid question that all of us are asking at this time. I mean, we have lived in the comforts and security of Western society, having the means to go to the store, not just to get the sustenance we need to survive, but picking and choosing the things that we like to eat, not going to the department store to find clothing that will protect us from the elements, but finding things that are fashionable and that we like and that look good. Um, We're swaddled in luxury. And for us to look at a life apart from the society that we're living in is something like stepping off of a cliff. It's a heart in your mouth, a ringing in your ears kind of moment for us, isn't it? Um, The first thing I want to share with you guys comes out of Matthew chapter 9 and verse 36. It's important to remember that this isn't the first time this has happened to Christians. Speaking of Jesus, when he saw the crowds... He had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. And I want you to remember who our ally is moving forward. We are the ones who are harassed and helpless. We don't seem to be able to have any power over the things, the events that are unfolding around us. I read uh, a response or a message on Facebook this morning. A woman was saying, I feel like forced vaccines are inevitable and I don't know what to do 
I don't want to lose my house. These are the kinds of things that we're facing. It's starting to get very real. And now more than ever, we have to remember who our ally is. His name is Jesus. He is the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, the everlasting God, the Alpha and the Omega. He owns a cattle on a thousand hills, and he knows our needs before we even ask him. This is going to be a time of exponential growth in our faith. Do we trust the Lord to provide our needs according to his riches and glory? God sent a raven to feed Elijah in the wilderness. God is able to provide our needs. He gave Israel manna in the wilderness. He fed them. He gave them water. We can trust in the Lord. He is able. So, in the news right now, the efficacy of the vaccine in, in uh, Israel, I believe it was, a study revealed that it's at 39%. And in England, a new study was released that the vaccine efficacy is at 17%. Now, as time goes by, those numbers are going to keep dropping until they finally reach the point where we already know they're at less than 1% effective. The vaccine does not work at preventing coronavirus. In fact, in New South Wales, Australia, in one particular hospital right now, there are 141 patients sick with COVID. And of those 141, 140 of them are double vaccinated. That should stop the presses right there. What do you mean 140 out of 141 are double vaccinated? What about that last individual? Well, they had one dose. The vaccine not only is ineffective at preventing COVID, it seems to actually be more harmful. It seems to, in, in some studies, they're looking at it and saying, is this perhaps creating the Delta variant? In the countries that are most heavily vaccinated, coincidentally, they're suffering from the most severe Delta variant infections. There was an article I read about a woman who had, in, she was double vaccinated as a nurse in the hospital, and she blames her unvaccinated uh, co-worker who didn't wear a mask, it's his fault, that she got sick and she contracted what is being called long COVID. And this is something you'll hear more about as time goes by. Um, she has all the symptoms of COVID, but they're not going away. She's had it for months. She's unable to work. She doesn't have the energy to get up and do her daily routine. Sitting there on the couch, her heart rate is at 130 beats per minute. This is a very unhealthy, very sick woman. Now, I would like to know how her unvaccinated, unmask-wearing co-worker is faring. I, I'm guessing he's doing an awful lot better than she is. She blames him for her um, condition, when in reality it's that double vaccination that's almost certainly the cause of this. And long COVID, I don't believe it's COVID at all. I believe it's a, a disability created by the vaccine. It's destroyed her immune system. Um, we're going to see this fall, I think, an awful lot of severe illness. And that's why there is this incredible pressure on people right now to be vaccinated. And Joe Biden is saying that when the vaccine 
has FDA approval, you will have no excuse. It will be mandated by your workplace, by your local governments, and this is what they're, they're putting pressure on local governments and local workplaces to mandate the vaccine. Um, you see, they've, they've done the best they could with the carrot, and now it's time to use the stick. And now they're going to start coming after you individually and forcing you to be vaccinated. And this is so surreal because we know that the vaccine does not prevent COVID. Those who have the vaccine, look at the Democratic um, politicians in Texas that all ended up sick. They were double vaccinated and the whole lot of them ended up sick. Uh, the vaccine, we all know it's not doing what it's supposed to do, but they're still forcing it on us. They're taking away our right to choose and telling us, if you don't take it, you're not going to get a job. And in fact, in New Zealand, the, the minister there said, no jab, no pay. And we have to look at this reality and really sit back and say, what will this fall hold for us? Are they going to mandate it? Are we going to be pushed into a situation where if we want to remain within society, we have to take the vaccine. Now, I've already said, I, for my own personal reason, I can't take it. I just will not allow my blood to be corrupted. And I've seen slides of people who are unvaccinated, those red Cheerio-shaped blood cells that look healthy and fresh. And the vaccinated, their blood cells have all of these jagged edges and protrusions, which by and large creates blood clotting. Um, and I don't want to stand before the Lord and have tainted blood. And I believe very strongly because of that Thomas, uh, what was it, Thomas Jefferson University study that found out, uh, this was quietly revealed last month, that the RNA vaccine can in fact transcribe onto your DNA so you can literally alter the genome of your body, which is very dangerous because you're not a natural creation of God anymore. You're something else. So I just personally cannot take the vaccine. I don't believe that you've lost your salvation or can't be saved if you've taken the vaccine. I believe that point is reached when you take the mark of the beast, which is a covenant with the, the enemies of God. Once you enter that covenant, you are beyond redemption. But uh, coming back to Maya's question, what do we do? I want to share with you guys, you know, I want to start off by saying I'm sorry that I'm not an intellectual. I'm not that guy who has all the answers. I'm just a truck driver. But I want to share with you because I've, being a truck driver, I have plenty of time to sit here and think. And I want to share my steps and my actions in the hopes that you can glean some valuable information from that. So I want to be as transparent as possible in all of my ruminations and go ahead and pick out what is good and, you know, it will expose my own weakness, my own doubts, I chalk it up to a lack of faith, what have you. But like I've always said, I want to be, I want to speak the truth. I'm not here to build a reputation or set myself apart or make myself something I'm not. Um, 
So one of the things I've done is I have a travel trailer parked in my yard right now. And all of my prepping is mobile. It's so that I can load up and go. And I'm reaching a point right now where I'm wondering if the time hasn't come to start moving these things to the location that I have in mind. Now, my location, because I live in British Columbia, I have a million places to go. But the further north in the province I go, the, the less people are going to care. In fact, you get above Prince George, which is pretty much just above the center of the province. Once you get up there, um, people really aren't that interested. Uh, you, you can see where people have moved a travel trailer into the woods, and they just live in it, and they're unharassed. They're left alone. Um, what I've been looking for is a spot where a river comes into a lake. And if you look on the maps... Typically, that's where communities have sprung up because it offers a lot of different benefits to you. You have running water. You have access to the lake and the fish in it. Um, a lot of nutrients in the soil because of erosion. It's a good place to grow crops. Um, and there are a lot of very remote places like this. And I found a couple... But the thing is, I want that to be within, let's say, a half a day's walk of a small community. Because, you know, <laughs> when it comes to living in the woods, it's not like going camping at all. When very experienced, very well-rounded bushmen go and live off the land, in the first month, they lose about 30 pounds. Yeah, you know, it's not like there's a ton of food out there and you can eat three meals a day. Um, we have to realize that there are things we're going to continue to need. Uh, fuel, like propane, is something I will need to get more of. So I'm going to have to have a means of acquiring that fuel through barter. What can I give to the people in this community in exchange for propane. Uh, it could be half a day's work. It could be a trade for some deer meat or some fish. I also have some gold panning gear. I am hoping to spend some of my time panning for gold and using that as something to barter with. But we're going to have to learn to think differently because... Right now, with access to the grocery store, we can always get more calories than what we need. And we're not thinking of ways to conserve calories. We're trying to get out there and burn some calories that we just don't need. It's going to change in the future. We're going to be out there. Um, but the things we're doing, we have to use our, our brains about it and not burn more calories then what we're doing is actually going to bring back in. Hunting is a great form of um, spending your time wisely. Stalking a deer and killing a deer, you could have access to thousands and thousands of calories for a simple day's work. Fishing, it, you're not burning hardly anything in the way of calories. 
and each fish probably has 1,200 or more calories, depending on the size. It's rich in protein and oils that our body needs. It's a very good food source. But right now, you need to be watching those YouTube videos on how to dry and store meat. Um, Christopher McCandless went up to Alaska, got himself a cow, uh, baby moose, a calf moose, and tried to smoke that meat, but the flies corrupted it and destroyed it. He was unprepared. And the more prepared we are now, the more we're gathering information, the more likely we are to succeed. He didn't know that you need cheesecloth or something along those lines to keep the flies from laying eggs on your meat. Um, one of the best sources of knowledge we can get is how did the natives dry and store their food when they, you know, before we settled on their continent. A lot of good solid information can come from that. The making of pemmican, a mixture of dried meat, berries, fruits and things, grains, that they dried up as hard as a rock and it's stored for long periods of time so that through the winter months they would have a means of eating. Now, the natives were nomadic because as a large group they had to travel from place to place. As they stripped the resources out of one place, they would have to move along to the next place and they might follow a bison herd or a caribou herd they would be at a certain spot in time for the salmon run they knew they had all of this knowledge to know where to go for the next solid food source and that's how they were able to live in large groups so when you're thinking of fleeing to the mountains as jesus said in matthew chapter 9 or chapter 24 um if you're going as a large group, you're going to strip the resources out of that area very quickly. Uh, that's why I don't want to leave in a, a cluster of a hundred or more, uh, because I don't want to move around. Now, I've tried to get the people around me to join with me in preparing. You're in charge of medical. You'll be in charge of our health. So you need to prepare in terms of medicines, antibacterials, and things of that nature. What is that um, moxicillin for fish tanks? Things of that nature that you can get, antibiotics. And uh, you do that prepping. And I'll look after the gear for hunting. And you look after the gear for gardening. Unfortunately, the people I'm prepping with are are my, are they're with me in heart but not so much in deed and you're going to probably run into that as well so i've had to cover their basis to the best of my ability as well as my own but i would rather do that and be able to provide rather than letting them fall and being able to point at them when the time comes and says you dropped the ball, you failed us, you know, that's not going to help anyone at that point. So <laughs> being right doesn't take away the pain. So I want to limit how big of a gathering we make up. I'm at the point now where I've picked out my location and I'm watching very closely to see is this the time where I start moving things to that location with the anticipation, the last thing we want to do is wait until it's too late. And they're at your door. 
they've come to look for your vaccine passport, and if you're unable to provide it, then we already know that these quarantine camps have been set up right across Canada, right across the United States, probably in Britain and Australia and other places as well. They're going to take you to a quarantine facility because you're unsafe. Um, we already see in many places where the unvaccinated are being blamed, literally. We're, we're the cause of the COVID uh, Delta variant. If it wasn't for us, there would be no Delta variant. Now, that's rubbish. It seems most likely that the vaccines are causing the Delta variant, but they are manipulating the information. Uh, like I said in the last podcast, 95% of unvaccinated make up all of the new Delta variants. Well, that is pure um, fudging of numbers. They're not testing the people who are vaccinated unless they're in the hospital. And they're testing the unvaccinated with a test that's not even fair, not even real. So I have packages of seeds because, like I've said, you will go through your food, no matter how much food you store, you will go through it, it'll be gone, and then what? You know, we've never experienced in our lifetimes a place of hardship where we we haven't had a meal for days and there's no means of getting a meal. You know, Israel went through these periods of famine where at one point these two women had made an agreement that they would eat one of their sons one day and then the other son the following day. And on the first day they ate the first son. On the second day the woman refused to give up her son. And this is where Solomon demonstrated, or no, it wasn't. Um, this is where the king, I forget who the king was, realized how terrible the famine was in the land. And we just can't even fathom something like that, where we're deciding whose child we're going to eat. There were Russian Christians, I think this was under Stalin, who, were, who fled to the wilderness, and the food situation was so bad, they saw that there wasn't enough food for the whole family to last the winter so the mother stopped eating. She starved herself to death so that the rest of the family would have enough food to get through the winter. This is the reality of what we're facing. And it's important that we embrace that reality now, that we don't hide and pretend that things are going to get better. Um, we need to be able to grow our own crops, and that involves education. And right now we have access to a lot of very good education. Look at the YouTube videos. How do I germinate seeds? How do I plant them? How do I fertilize in a a woodlands-type situation? How do I protect my crops from bugs and pests and rabbits and raccoons and deer and everything else? Um, How do I harvest and store meat? One of the things you might want to consider if you're unable to acquire a firearm is a bow is another excellent means of hunting. In fact, probably a better means of hunting because it's not noisy. It doesn't give away your location. And most bows, not not the $30 Walmart bow, but most archery bows or, or compound bows are effective at taking down a deer or a smaller predator. So that, that's something to consider to have in your provisions. 
Uh, water filtration is very, very important. One of those life straws is great for short term. That'll get you, you know, uh, maybe up to a thousand liters of drinkable water. But in the long term, you're going to need a serious filtration system. And I've said before, get a Berkey filter. It's a seven inch canister style filter with a nipple on the end. You poke a hole in the bottom of a five gallon bucket, put that filter in there, fill up that bucket with lake water, with river water. That filter is going to make it perfectly healthy, drinkable water with no effort from you. And it will last for literally thousands and thousands of gallons of water. So that's a long term solution. And that's the way you have to think. I don't know how long we have to survive before the Lord gathers us up. But like I said in the past, I'm not pre-trib, I'm not post-trib, I'm pan-trib. It, it'll pan out. And I'm ready to go whenever the Lord calls, but I don't think that He's going to bail us out before anything bad happens. We have been called in a variety of places to stand firm until the end. And whether that involves being rounded up and thrown into camps or executed for our convictions, or whatever that spells, we have to be ready and prepared to go the distance. And that's why I'm thinking in terms of long term. Some of my food is stored in Mylar bags inside of five-gallon buckets so that they can last for 10 years, should that be the case. Um, I have firearms. I'm very fortunate to have the freedom to acquire firearms and ammunition. And... That will be my means of hunting and protection while we're living wherever it is we end up living. What else? Um, at this point, I'm looking at hoarding the cash I would normally be paying to income tax. And if I'm not mandated to take a vaccine, the money will be sitting there to pay those income taxes. But if it reaches the boiling point where I lose my job, if I don't have the vaccine, then I at least have a cushion which I can use to better set myself up wherever it is I choose to go to. Another thing to consider is the, the kind of shelter you're going to be building for yourself and what sort of climate you will be facing. Now, I'm looking at the northern part of British Columbia, which has long, hard winters. And heat is definitely an issue. And a travel trailer is very poorly insulated. Trying to heat that with propane is not going to work out. It's like shooting yourself in the foot. So I've got to somehow figure out a means of shelter that I can heat with wood heat, but not in such a way that it's going to billow tons of smoke in the air and let everyone know exactly where I am. Now, a rocket stove uses wood very well. It burns um, very, very efficiently and doesn't create a lot of smoke. So you have to research how a rocket stove works, and you can convert a lot of wood-burning stoves to do the very same thing, and that's what I'm doing. And instead of wasting money on a $1,000 tent, it's a good idea to look at getting yourself a good tarp 
And there's plenty of videos on YouTube on how to build a shelter in the woods by laying out logs, putting a tarp over it, and then laying sod over top of the tarp. And it creates a very cozy shelter that can be easily heated. And that's something you want to look at and have an idea on how to build while you still have time. Of course, I have a little inflatable boat, fishing gear, things of that nature, a backpack with all kinds of medical supplies in it and treatments, whatever I can get my hands on. Um, one thing I'm thinking is to put up quarantine uh, signs or tape around the area that I choose to occupy. Um, another is to stake it as a gold claim and that justifies my being in the area as long as I'm working a gold claim full time I'm allowed to be in that area and I'm allowed to be digging and gold mining now there are laws restricting what I'm allowed to do within certain levels of licensing but at least I have a justifiable reason for being out there in the woods and I think as you go north, the uh, wildlife management are less and less concerned about you being there, you know. But ultimately, I don't want anyone to know where I'm at. I'm, tr I'm racking my brain for other things that I've covered. I think the, the most important thing to remember is that Jesus looks on us with compassion. And even better than that, we are not sheep without a shepherd. We have a shepherd. We are not orphans. We are loved and cared for. And we're not going into the wilderness alone. We're going there with the Lord as our, you know, as the pillar of fire led Israel through the wilderness. So the Lord will lead us in this time in the wilderness. Some will not go to the wilderness. Some will uh, prefer to be put into camps and will minister from those camps. Um, the Lord may call some of us out of the wilderness for the very same purpose, to minister, though it may mean risking our lives, and it certainly will mean that, but uh, at least we're there, we're available to the Lord. I don't know what the future holds. Like I said, I just want to share what I've been thinking. And as I'm looking at the news right now, I'm feeling like the time is very near to start moving my stuff out and getting it set up out there in the wilderness. Because I tell you what, should the time come in the winter, it's going to be exponentially more difficult for a number of reasons. First of all, because of the weather. But second, um, when the Delta variant really starts to take its toll on the vaccine, we're going to see lockdowns like we haven't seen before. We're going to see roads shut down. We're going to see the military out there checking your papers, checking for passports. Uh, travel will be greatly restricted. And before that happens, I want to be set up. So, Make hay while the sun shines. Um, don't be idle. Don't be fearful. This isn't the time. And God bless you all and give you wisdom and direction.